Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Erica Lippi. She is a life and wellness coach, an entrepreneur, and a podcast host. How are you doing today, Erica? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much, Brad. I'm so happy to connect with you. And I just love everything you're doing for women out there in the world. So thank you for your service in the world. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That means a lot. And thank you for taking the time to be here today. I know that you and I have been trying to get this done for a while now, so it's yeah. it's actually really nice to finally connect with you and have you here with me and delve into your story and your journey. I appreciate you taking and making the time to be here today, so thank you for that. And thank you for your patience. Ah, <laughs> my pleasure. It has been some time. <laughs> yeah, it has, but all things worth having are worth waiting for, so it's been a bit of a journey, but we're here now, so let's jump in. So as mentioned, you are a life and wellness coach, an entrepreneur, and a podcast host. How long have you been working as a coach, Erica? You know, to be honest, it's fairly new because okay. I feel like I've just, it's, it's like I've hit gold. I just <laughs> discovered my true passion and true calling over the pandemic because yeah. I feel like I've been on this constant pursuit of many, many years of trials in discovering what I'm fully passionate about and what is my God-given purpose, if you want to say. And I feel yeah. uh, if you could say with all the noise that we have going on in our life constantly, we don't get the clarity we really need because there's, there's just too much noise. So yeah. I feel like in the pandemic, the gift I received was time to really sit and get clear and dedicate time into discovering what it was. And because I went deeper into personal development, it helped me really uncover more gifts and more clarity on where to head. So I never thought I would be any sort of coach. I actually <laughs> thought I would definitely not be a coach. <laughs> and the reason now I could with confidence say I'm a coach and, you know, somebody that could, you know, help other women be guided to their truest authentic self is because of my own journey that I went through and discovering how to get there, how to fully embody my worth, how to fully embody my truest nature of who I am. So it, it was, yeah, during the pandemic, I really, yeah. really discovered my true calling. <laughs> I think that is, is it's oh it's safe to say that a lot of people really discovered a lot first of all during that time but their true calling absolutely i think that's happened for quite a few people i know it did for me too so there there, although there's a lot of horrible shit that came out of covid in terms of financial loss and personal loss for people there has been a hell of a lot of good that has come out of it i would honestly have to say 
there's probably been more good that's come out of it than bad. It's all perspective, right? Yeah, that's right. How you look at things. And I agree. There was a lot of blessings. Yes. A lot of horrible things as well, but how often do we get time like that? Like we, we saw things we will never, ever probably hopefully experience again. Yeah. That quiet time and peace and where we actually have to stay inside and, and be with our family or be with whoever it may be. And possibly again, people were also alone, but in yeah. alone time, you're able to go within, That's which right. is a blessing. That's right. Now you mentioned about part of your inspiration into the journey of coaching world of coaching and through your own personal struggles. Can you share a little bit about your own personal journey and struggles? Yes. It's kind of like where to begin, right? Where, <laughs> where to start. So if I were to reflect on my struggles, it would definitely like the first place I would go is the struggles in relationships and mostly intimate relationships. So I feel my biggest struggle was really trying to feel this enoughness and love from others. And, you know, it stems from a very young age of feeling that lack of. So I started dating pretty young. So from, I actually started dating at 11, but let's just go back to my relation. Yeah. (laughs) When I tell parents this, they're like, what? (laughs) But I had a serious relationship from 13 to 23 and the guy was three years older. And so 10 years, pretty young being in a relationship with somebody that is three years older, pretty significant back then of an age difference. And because of that relationship, my identity was very much formed in the relationship and also his values, his desires, his likes. And I was more exploring his interests than my interests at this time. And because in that relationship, there was emotional abuse, he really made me feel that I was less than him, that I wasn't worthy. And, or actually, to be honest, these are stories I told myself. It wasn't like he was directly telling me it. It's more how it was translated to me. It's the story I told myself. So, and I realize that now as I'm sharing this, because yes, he did make me feel stupid, but it was more reinforcing a belief that I had for myself previous to that relationship uh, because of some learning disabilities I had. But the struggles that I had that continued forward from that is this lack of love for myself. And as I moved into other relationships, I realized I had another very serious relationship for about five and a half years. And that was overall a very healthy relationship. But what it turned into later towards in that relationship is I love that person more than myself. So I would not hold these boundaries to respect myself fully in the relationship because I would put my love for him above the love for myself. And again, I recognize this later as I reflect back on it. And then continuing from relationships after that is really where I learned a lot of lessons. And I kept on getting the same lesson over and over. It was almost like on a 101 level and then a 201 level and a three, you know, it just kept <laughs> yeah. on getting louder and louder. As, yeah. as Oprah says, you'll first get a whisper yeah. and then the whisper will become a brick upside your head. <laughs> and then that brick will knock you to the ground. And I feel like Life is literally that it's to serve us lessons. And if we don't listen to the lessons, we will keep getting the lesson over and over until we learn it. And so just putting all together, my biggest struggle was I always seek things outside of myself, like for somebody to show me or to make me feel that I'm worthy to not leave me or to 
you know, to feel that I was wanted by another, that was to show me that I was enough and that somebody loved me. But really when it came back to it, the biggest lesson out of that struggle was really reflecting on, okay, I'm the common denominator in all these relationships. Like there's a reason why these aren't working out that they're not turning into like thriving relationships. And so through that, I learned that, you know, if I truly loved myself, if I truly respected myself, and if I truly valued my worth, I would hold these healthy boundaries and I would be showing up that I valued myself and that I did think I was worthy and I would respect myself. And so I didn't. And so that's when I took the hard look at myself and like, okay, nothing changes, nothing will change. And uh, I realized my biggest lesson in that is I need to love myself. I need to create and cultivate the love for myself and that love will mirror back to me. So that's kind of just my story. I mean, again, when I reflect back on my story, it has a lot of my biggest struggles were in relationship, but mostly when it comes back to it, it was the relationship I had with myself, not others, you know, and that's, but you realize it though, when you did the work, which is a lot more than we can say for some people, because some people just don't want to look within and put in the work. Yeah. And it it starts with awareness, right? You need to be really radically honest with yourself and notice if something's not working, you need to ask yourself, well, okay, why is this not? And kind of peel the onion and get deeper and understand like once you bring awareness to a situation, then you have the opportunity and the ability to make a change. And Nothing starts without awareness of that. So how then would you say, Erica, these experiences helped shape the Erica you are today, both personally and professionally? Well, I think everything begins with us. Mm-hmm. So by doing this work, and I feel, I feel like I've been on this personal development journey for a long time, but when it really set in was, I would say, let me try to count back maybe four and a half, five years ago. And it's still, it's a continuous pursuit. I I believe our, we are ever evolving, you know, growth is, is life without growth. We are stagnant. We're dying, you know? So I, I really feel that by doing this work, by going within, you know, I, I just believe like working on ourselves, doing the inner work is really what will bring forward everything into fruition. We desire into our life that is healthy relationships. That's the thriving business. That's quality relationships. That's also standing in your truth, standing in your worth, holding healthy boundaries. All these things comes from doing that inner work. So it's the way it shaped me is I embody my worth. It's not something I just speak about. I I really feel, and and I still have struggles. I'm human. So I still have doubts. I still have sometimes negative mindset and it's really catching yourself. And by doing the inner work, I just feel like you're able to catch yourself. You're able to bring that awareness. Like, okay, I'm going down in a negative spiral. Let's stop myself and let's be, let's try to switch this and turn into gratitude. And so, yeah, it's, it's just helped me be more aware of myself and constantly brings me back to that space of like, okay, I'm responsible for my life. So how yeah. could I take ownership right now and know that first it starts with that? Well, as you said, we're constantly evolving as humans and the journey, the self-work is is never ending. I mean, never. that's a constant, continuous process. You never get to the finish line. There's no, okay, I'm here. I'm perfect now. Everything's a okay. I don't have to, I don't have to do any more work on myself. That never happens. 
Yeah. And let me add to that, actually, that you said how that has shaped me also. I've had depression. I've almost committed suicide. I've had suicidal thoughts even after that. And what it's shown me is, you know, my ability to rise, to overcome my struggles, because I've been in the depths of my despair and in a really, really hard point in my life. And so I've shown myself that I have the ability to rise again. And it's just, it's just bringing that awareness that I'm capable of this. Like, you know, I just feel like the strength is always within us. And for sure, I've also, when it comes to achievements in general, I have proof of the capabilities of bringing my vision to life. So when I have doubts on maybe pursuing a new path, I look back sometimes at what I've achieved. I'm like, wow, I, I did that. Like how remarkable was that? So it's just, I think when we have proof of our past, it gives us more strength for the present. For sure. And I think that I like that you mentioned that when you look back at things you've done and and you you look back in amazement and think, wow, I did that. I think that's also a very important thing to talk about is our successes, because I don't believe that we celebrate our successes enough. We don't take the time to stop, reflect, and look back on how far we've come and what we've accomplished. No matter how small or big the win is, it needs to be celebrated. And we don't do that. Yeah. I agree. I think so many people, and I think we need to be reminded of that because I think so, so often, especially ambitious people or people that drive, you know, that want to achieve success and whatnot, they'll accomplish something. And then they're like, okay, on to the next thing. Yes, exactly. Instead of like sitting in it, like, wow, I did that. So I'm celebrating three years anniversary of my podcast this Friday, for example. Congratulations. Thank you so much. But like, that's a big accomplishment. Damn right what it that is. shows me is like, that was my commitment. Cause I, I was just going to be impressed if I got to a hundred episodes, like, <laughs> and that would have blown my mind. Like yeah. what? So the fact that I get to celebrate three years of commitment and it was a commitment to myself and yeah. to my listeners, yeah. but most importantly, I think that commitment to yourself and showing staying committed to yourself and really, you know, honoring your word, keeping your word is really something that you should celebrate because it's not that easy all the time. No, it's, it's really not. hard to be it consistent. It is for sure. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree so with celebrate you. Celebrate your wins. <laughs> yes, 100%. What would you say is your biggest takeaway or most valuable lesson from your own personal journey? Okay, so I have two. And okay. one's very recent that might bring tears. Okay. But I'm going to start with the first one. So okay. this is something I always say, and it, it really crystallizes what I shared previously. So all you need is within you. So for so, so long, as I mentioned, I was seeking things outside myself, mostly to do with love. And through the work, I discovered like that love I have for myself will reflect in every aspect of my life. It starts with me. So all I need is within me. I just have to be willing to go within and be brave enough to explore my darkness so I could discover that power of my light. That is a Bren Brown saying. I love that because it is being brave and courageous to look at those dark spots, to go into the shadows so that you can reveal the light. So I feel like all we need is within us. That's one big lesson. I'll share the second one because this one's really important and something I learned very recently. So trying to think how to say this, but 
don't make a decision, especially a permanent one, when you are in fear, when you are when you're in a heightened state of urgency or uncertainty, if you want to say, like, don't make a permanent decision. And the reason why I say this is especially in relation to a couple of things that happened recently. And I'm like, okay, this is my lesson. When we had to make the decision to do one last treatment with my dog, and then also in deciding to put him to sleep, when I reflect back on it, it I know I made the decision when I was in fear and of urgency. And when I reflect back on it now, I haven't yet honestly forgiven myself for this, but the decisions I made the first treatment that really impacted towards the last week of his life, to be honest, I wish I didn't make, but I made it based on fear and you know, uh, maybe not clarity, you know, I asked all the questions and everything, but I think a lot of it was fear and just, um, so that decision. And then I just, you know, the process of ending your dog's life is probably the hardest experience. Well, it's by far the hardest experience I've ever experienced hands down. And also I've made decisions where I've been scammed because I made a decision on urgency and, you know, fear that I would lose something. So I recently got scammed because of that. And so it was just my reminder. It was like crystallizing that lesson that do not make a decision when you are in a heightened state of fear or, you know, uh, high stress urgency. So yeah, that was a big recent lesson. Yeah. Losing a a dog is, I had to put one of my dogs down too. And it's, it's horrible. It is one of the most horrible feelings for sure. And yeah, you don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. Right. Yeah. I think you should pause and, and yeah. And really, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I believe being spontaneous is great, (laughs) but then that's, but that's a decision based on like, you know, fear of the unknown, but yet it's, it's for something good. Right. Yeah. So that's different. Yeah. But making a a decision when you are in a fearful state or out of urgency and fear that you'll lose something, that's a whole nother level. So that's a big lesson. Absolutely. Now, Erica, in your business, do you work only with women? And if so, why did you decide to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women through coaching? And why is this so personally important to you? Because I am her. I relate. I understand. And I have compassion for her. You know, I, again, this is being so recent as I've discovered really my true calling and my message and my, my impact that I know I could serve onto women It's recent, but it's also through really getting in touch with what do I feel called to do? What do I feel I could speak to? What do I feel like I could relate to and understand? Because I think that through my experience and my personal work, if you want to say my self work, I've really gained compassion and empathy for people that are in that place and mostly women because I relate to them. So that's the reason why I felt called to mostly help women. So what type of person or client is your ideal client? What things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? It's a good question. So the willingness to do the work. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Yes. To not just dabble, but step into 
the arena with two feet and say, I'm committed to my evolution, I think is so important. And since this is a big uh, cornerstone for me, vulnerability and truth, commitment and openness. So I know that for myself, I've been very hard headed. I, I try to be a leader in my life, which is good. But I think also you sometimes need to be the student. And yeah. so not to be so hard headed and be willing to learn from others that have been there and yeah. trust the process. So that's what I would say. Love it. What excites or lights you up the most about the work you're doing? Knowing that I am able to help and inspire women. The greatest compliment somebody could say to me is you really inspired me. I love to inspire people because to me, that's like I've handed them a light, you know? So just to be a helping hand in that and knowing I'm, I'm helping change the vibration of the world just uh, by being in this space of personal development space. Uh, you're the creator of Passion, Love, Pursuit, which is a movement that you started basically. Can you share a little bit more about what your mission is with the movement and how you came up with the name for it? Okay. So Passion Love Pursuit actually used to be a travel blog. So (laughs) that's actually where it stemmed from. So it was like a travel philanthropy type of blog. And when I had the idea to start a podcast, a friend of mine suggested I keep the name. I built up the name and it sounds good. And I'm like, okay, I kind of went with that. And so when I thought about how do I want to transform passion, love pursuit, I thought about it being an intentional movement and mindfulness pursuit. So one's continuous path that is fueled with passion and grounded in love. And that came to me in a meditation. I remember like I was sitting in a meditation and it said, or I got this hit that said, do everything grounded in love. And I, it really stuck out to me that just everything in life, you know, the opposite of love is fear. And so if we do everything with love, with that intention, then we're creating like this vibration in the planet that is like the highest vibration, like love, joy, passion, purpose, all these things. It's something that one of the first questions you asked, how did I get into this? I was on this pursuit of discovering what my passion and purpose is. And I just feel like passion and purpose is just a word that I've always gravitated towards. And so, because I feel like passion is just like the flame that is burning inside of you that should stay lit. When it's dim, you don't feel fully alive. And purpose to me, it's like, that's what we're here for is to live out our purpose. And so I I feel like this is an intentional pursuit and uh, you have to be really mindful of your intention in the world. And so, you know, cause it, it is transitioning, but I will say like, when I think about passionate pursuit, I just broke it down is involve into the most healthiest, vibrant, authentic, you empower yourself to take control of your own destiny and live out your life more passionately and purposefully, and then ignite your life and give energy and purpose to your pursuit. So that was my intention behind it. It is transitioning. I'm actually kind of rebranding, not my podcast, that is still going to be Passion Love Pursuit, but I'm rebranding Reignite Your Light, which has relatively the same meaning, but much deeper than that. Right. So yes, it's, I love it's it. transitioning. Love it, love it, love it. Now, as you mentioned, your podcast is also called Passion Love Pursuit. Can you tell us a bit about your podcast and subject sure. matter? What is it interview style? Is it solo? Is it a mix of both? So it's all interview. I'm sure okay. that will change. I'm sure I'll start to do some personal. I've done only a few personal yeah. 
shows, but I'm sure I'll do more in the future. Passion Love Pursuit is a personal development podcast. So it's everything really under the sun of personal development, which you know goes wide and far. So it's everything health, wellness, to mindset, to leadership, to anything to better yourself. It's all about just bettering yourself and creating a ripple effect in the world by doing so. So Yeah. Passion Love Pursuit. As I said, I'm celebrating three years soon. It's pretty exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. How many episodes, Erica? So I only released an episode a week and I took, there was a moment the first year that I took about a month month and a half break because I realized everybody was on summer vacation. (laughs) (laughs) That's why that happened, not intentionally. And then, uh, so I have about 147 published. Excellent. Congratulations. That's huge. Like you said earlier, the commitment to that, to stick with it, because so many people start podcasts and when they don't get that immediate gratification or the results they're looking for, they just give up and yes, you just got to keep that, pushing. Yeah. They say, I believe the number is after the sixth episode, probably I forgot the percentage, but it, it's very high that people don't continue yeah. after the sixth episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of that, I'm actually, it should be on my website soon, but I am actually now helping people launch and or start and launch their podcasts without overwhelm by my podcast playbook, which is a do-it-yourself course. And it's literally every step you need to launch successfully. So that's something that, because I realized I, since I and I think you share the same story. I've been doing it all myself. So I yeah. learned everything from start to where I'm at today. Yeah. I've learned the up, you know, the best ways to do things. I've learned the hard way to do things. So <laughs> I'm always fine tuning. So through that, I just learned, you know, I learned so much. So I feel like I should help others in yeah. that journey because so many people want to start a podcast, but they're overwhelmed. So they're not doing it because they are afraid of all the tech or just that they can't do it or how to do it. So that will be up on my website as well. Excellent. Soon. So what inspired you to start the podcast, Erica? hundred percent. It was my own personal development. Cause at this time was when I was doing the work, when I was saying about five years ago or four and a half years ago, I was on my journey. I hired a life coach again and I was doing the work and I was listening to podcasts all the time. And at the time it was Lewis Howe's The School of Greatness and Earn Your Happy by Lori Harder. Those were the the top at the time I was listening to. And I was listening to them every day and I just loved it. And it was inspiring me. It was motivating me. And just one day I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> Sound like good idea at that time. <laughs> Cause I was again, trying to find out my passion and purpose and it just kind of called to me and yeah. And in 2019, was it? Tw- yeah. 2019, I finally launched my podcast. So it was basically like, I'm on this journey. Join me on it. Yeah. As well. <laughs> Love it. Now, I assume with the work you do, you're also probably a big advocate of obviously self-love, body acceptance, women's empowerment. Can you speak a little bit about what those things mean to you on a personal level? Absolutely. Because I think those those are really, really important. I I don't talk a lot about, to be honest, body positivity, but acceptance, like true acceptance, I talk a lot about because I feel somewhat acceptance is another level of self-love. It really explains kind of a deeper level to me. But anyways, I would just believe the most intimate relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. So you got to go deep. And that can mean when you say, because some people say my, my, the most important relationship is with God, universe 
or whatever you want to call it. And when I think about the most intimate relationship is with yourself, I think that like God is a part of me. So it is also having that relationship with God. You know, I just believe that the love we have for ourselves will always mirror back to us. So if we don't really love ourselves, we judge ourselves, shame ourselves, or disrespect ourselves, then that will reflect onto others. Or even so, it's going to reflect back to us from others. So I just feel self-love is more, as I said, self-acceptance is really accepting the totality of who you are, the mistakes, the failures, beliefs, and so forth. So the more we become better at accepting ourselves, the more compassionate we can be for others. You know, self-love seems like a word that's just thrown around a lot, but that doesn't take away really the true value of what self-love truly is. And it's so much more than the self-care practices of the bubble baths, the mask, Absolutely. all these things. It's by like asking yourself those hard questions, journaling, going into the shadows and shining a light on it and being able to stand in that uncomfortableness because through the other side of uncomfortableness is so much growth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as they say, nothing grows inside a comfort zone. So you have to push yourself. And I believe that everything, absolutely everything in life starts with self. We are the foundation for all of it everything. I always like to say that again, everything starts with you Yeah. that if it's, this is a mantra, I always say, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So Erica, what does the word empowerment mean to you? How do you define that word? It's using your words to speak light into another and helping them rise in love opposed to cutting somebody down or placing fear into their heart. So I think that's the simplicity of the world word. Now, I want to speak a little bit about your thought. I'd like to get your thoughts and input on the landscape of women in entrepreneurship and women run businesses. I come from a corporate background and I've seen even now still that mindset and behavior of that old boys club from the 1930s where women still aren't getting equal pay for doing the same job as their male counterparts or not enough women in C-suite level positions or with seats at the boardroom table. So, I mean, this needs to go. This, This mindset is ridiculous that it still exists now. And I think we are starting to see a bit of a change. Mm-hmm. where the mindset is shifting. But what are your thoughts on that whole process and and of the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses? Hmm. My immediate answer to that is if a woman... So I think it's our perspective on it. So I think that if a woman... Because I think a lot of women or I'll say other races will speak about the limitations of that. And they speak it into the world, meaning they speak of it into existence. And I think if you look at it in more a place like that, that doesn't exist, then I think that's when you create the possibility. So I think the world is changing. I think that maybe it's me not being aware of really the truth in that landscape completely. But I just believe that when we attach ourselves to that truth, I believe that's when the limitation happens. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So you being an entrepreneur yourself, what are your thoughts on the shift in mindset and how, I guess it would be basically what you spoke to where we just need to to not speak that way of thinking out into the universe, but 
how can women continue to break down? Because the, the barriers do exist. There's no denying it. They're still mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But how do women continue to push through, in your opinion, and break down these barriers and, and shift this way of thinking or continue to move forward with that shifting the way of the thinking? I personally think, look at the proof that other people have surpassed that, that there's so much proof out there that that the the barriers that we see, or maybe that there's a, a difference between men making more than women, but look at Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving like a big example, but, and also I'll, I'll say, you know, black people not being successful or able to get into a successful position. Look at Denzel Washington and what he created. Like there's just so much proof to show yeah. us that we could change the narrative. Right. So I think it's just be inspired by others that have gotten to that place. What is one piece of advice then you would give to women looking to either grow their own business or within the company they work for? Is be so committed to your personal growth. I just believe your business growth is determined by your personal growth. And to always be a student, find a mentor, learn from people that have achieved what you desire to achieve. You could really shorten the trajectory of your, you know, getting to this successful point by learning from others that have been there before you and that are there to show you what's possible. And then also if you're a business owner, I believe you should most importantly determine your values and the mission of the company as everything should align with that. And I mean, literally everything. I know Oprah would always say she leads everything from an intention. So when you are intentional, when you're choosing the direction of where you head, then it's led into from a deeper meaning and purpose. Right. So, so yeah, I just think that when you have that intention, when you know your values, you know, your mission and you make good choices aligned with that. <laughs> yeah. So it just requires like a good mindset, value intentions and the leadership skills. So be a student, learn from others and continue your personal growth. Love it. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? The first thing that comes to mind is showing up in my humanness and being authentic and committed to myself. When I like decide, I think that there's so much power in a decision. So once I decide, that's my moment to be committed, like be committed to my decision. So I I think that's definitely like a superpower. I believe that I've cultivated over this time in my life. So speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Gosh, your questions are so good. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody has a different definition. So when I think of success, it's waking up with a heart filled with gratitude and joy, the highest vibration we could live in. And knowing that every day you're living your true purpose, making a positive impact on the lives around you and truly feeling like you're living your highest potential and waking up to live each day with a positive outlook, which takes intention, of course, and being mindful and to knowing that you have the time and resources to pursue what you're passionate about and beautifully balanced and that your cup is not only full, but overflowing. So you could give more to others. I think when I think success, I think it's fulfillment. And I, I think fulfillment is vitality, bliss, gratefulness, freedom, like all these things that 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 is success. Yeah. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? 
I'm thinking my biggest lessons, but then biggest, most important thing I've learned. And again, I think this is more recently. I learned this definitely from the passing of my dog because, you know, he was here at 11 and a half years and that wasn't enough. Like my gosh, it was so short. And so I think it's like, it's a reminder because he's the only thing close to me that I've lost. If you want to say a life, it made me reflect on that. Like, this is all we got one life and time is fleeting. So the most important thing is to live out our fullest fulfillment in life. Like find out what that is, find out your purpose. And I I think that's the number one Googled question. (laughs) What's my purpose? How do I find my purpose? But like, and I I think Oprah shares this. I love Oprah, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) Uh, Cause she drops just so much wisdom. Yeah, she does. I, I love it. And she says that, she said something along the lines of basically okay. to find your purpose and find your highest fulfillment in life. And that is a journey we should be on. And I don't believe there's a time limit on it. I think no. you can find out your purpose at, I mean, hopefully not, but you could find out your purpose at 70. Let's yep. hope it's not that late because yeah. I, again, that we have one life. That's right. So yeah, that's a lesson I learned recently that just, we have one life to live. We darn well better live it out right <laughs> that's right I <laughs> right, mean, right to us right absolutely our 100 you, know? you might as well make the best of it we're only we only get one go around so why not put in the work because it does take work to find your purpose and what makes you happy so put in the damn work and do it because we're only here for a short time really when you think about it we're not here for that long so why not spend the minuscule amount of time that we have here on this planet being happy and doing what makes you happy and making others happy through that. Yes. That's what life's yeah. about. Life is, is supposed to be fun, yeah. playful, joyful. Yeah. You know, Don't take it too fucking seriously. Yeah. And by the way, it's harder. <laughs> like, I know we say this and I know for myself, I'm speaking for myself, even though I say these things, I still have hard times. I still doubt myself. I still get into a bad place, if you want to say, like yeah. a negative mindset. Yep. But that's what makes me human. That's what makes this pursuit, this continuous evolution, you know, that we're on that it's, yeah. you know, so it's a journey. I do think it's, I think we need to remind ourselves these things. That's we why do. the personal development work is so important because it takes repetition. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's not sure. like you'll learn these things once and then you got it. I'm sorry. That's not how no, it works. Our brain no. is like not meant that way. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And it's, it is a journey. We we're constantly learning and constantly evolving and growing. So you've got to constantly put in the work. You never arrive at the destination. Never. That's yeah. it. You just got to keep going and keep doing the work. Yeah. And you said, what was my life like before learning this? You know, I, I would say not as intentional. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think intention is so important because as I interviewed Gary Zukoff and he shares that if you're not leading with intention, you're leading with fear Yeah. because that's how our brain is to keep us safe. That's right. You know, so if we're not intentional, then it's led by fear. If we're intentional, then you get to choose it to be led with love. Yeah, for sure. Erica, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is my truth right now. Okay. And it's my dog, my dog okay. chance. He was so significant in my life. And the reason being is one of the hardest other experiences I had is when my ex and I separated, I was with him for five and a half years. We did have the plan to get married. You know, I really saw him as the future and we got the dog together chance. 
And when we separated, I, I was heartbroken, of course. Yeah. And I had my dog and he was there. And I remember at my lowest point, and this is why, and I haven't shared this yet. So I think, mm-hmm. again, I'm getting emotional, but that's okay. My dog truly saved me because I remember I was depressed and, and I've been suicidal when I was like 15 or 16, whatnot, attempted suicide then. But this pastime with my dog and through the experience, I remember holding on to my dog and saying like, I won't leave you. Like I'm, I'm here because of you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to leave you, but I was thinking suicidal thoughts, you know, and I just couldn't leave him. So the reason why he was so pivotal in my life is because he saved me and because he taught me just this pure love, this unconditional love is just so beautiful. And he was extremely special and he had a, a soul yeah. And so, and he, he understood me. So it was, he's definitely was like my biggest impact. Your savior. So that's why I'm still grieving, obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. That's a big loss. I mean, I honestly, with every fiber of my being and all of my heart believe that dogs are the only creatures on the face of this earth that are capable of unconditional love. Yes. The only creatures capable of that, no matter what you do. They will always love you. They will always be. You leave the house for five minutes or five hours. They're just as excited, no matter how long you've been gone. And it's amazing. It is. It it truly is. And they know, they know when you're not feeling right or when you're feeling down and they can sense all that stuff. They are incredible creatures. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. 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 For sure. Nothing like it. No, absolutely not. You're right. 100%. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions, just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Yep. What was your dream job as a child? (laughs) So when I go back to, I think it was fifth grade, I wrote down in the yearbook that I wanted to be a killer whale trainer. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You probably have, you probably have not got this answer before, but I remember we went to SeaWorld growing up and I always loved that. And I was like, I to do that. Okay. It was, it was a short lived. (laughs) (laughs) And then the one following that, which I actually did study is uh, I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer and I did go on that path. I went to fashion design school. And so I thought I was going to be this magnificent fashion designer, uh, but I definitely lost interest in it. So that was the other one. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it? And what would it say? Hmm. I would put it where everybody could see it <laughs> and it would say, I don't know specifically where, but I guess in Times Square, I, okay. I'm not sure, but trust the timing of your life. And I say this cause I'm saying it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lesson that I need to keep reminding myself. And I think all of us do because yeah. I just, I, I this think we all need to know that life is unfolding perfectly for you. Stop obsessing about the future and regretting the past, most importantly, because we are creating in the present. So not trying to control everything that you just, I just feel like anytime we try to control things outside ourselves, we lose control of everything, even ourselves. And so, yes, trust the timing of your life. Again, this is a reminder to myself as well. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Well, I'm just going to say the next book that's coming out, which would be this, uh, it's going to be called reignite your light, uh, reclaim your radiance. I don't know if this is the Zach subtitle, but reclaim your radiance and 
shine your light on the world. Something Beautiful. along the lines. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Mm, speaks for truth. <laughs> <laughs> what would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? Uh, driven, authentic, trustworthy, a leader, integrity. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? To learn how to love yourself. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Mm, love. <laughs> love <laughs> is earned. <laughs> if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? This is one of my pet peeves. So I would say the schooling system and what, what they teach, because I feel like in the schools, we are not taught how to live life truly and how to balance our checkbooks and yes. you know how to be smart with money and how to life skills meditate, you know life skills i i just think that that's one of my pet peeves and like i desire to make a change in that and the other thing that speaks to my heart right now i'm a die hard pitbull advocate that's what my dog was okay. and one thing i would love to change that there is no breed restrictions that you know a, a dog isn't judged by you know judged by just being the breed they are because i yeah. think it's it's completely wrong i think it's it's misled people are just so unaware of the truth of that like pitbull breeds again i could i could go on a whole thing about that but I won't <laughs> and the other thing is just dogs not to be euthanized it's just horrific and I can't even I can't even see it or hear about it because it just crumbles my heart to yeah. know that this precious life that just wants to love others and just to be loved they're put to sleep because there's you know that somebody can't take them into a home or whatever. yeah for sure that concludes a rapid fire section now back to our regularly scheduled program what is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Hmm. Unexpected blessing occurrence in my life that I'm grateful for that I get to be reminded how important our health is. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Um, health to me is everything. And I think that to be reminded of that is important. I think so many people need to be reminded of that because without health, you have nothing. Yeah. Your health is your wealth. Mm -hmm. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? Oh, my stomach. Sorry. Uh, best version of my living out my fullest potential that I embody, that I speak, that I live in a place of gratefulness, joy, abundance, that I'm able to be an example of hope, light, and love. And yeah, that I'm living out my fullest potential and I'm really making an impact in the world and that I see myself to be able to create a ripple effect in others. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, Erica, what would that piece of advice be? It would be the lesson that all you need is within you. Stop searching outside yourself because all you need is within you. So learn to cultivate and know what you value what matters to you, get to know you and really nurture that love because it all starts with you. So be willing to get to know you. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your people, your tribe, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? What words of wisdom would you impart? Hmm. That your life is what you make it to be that everything, again, starts with you. I like to repeat that mantra, as I mentioned, if it's going to be, it's up to me. 
We are the creator of our life. We get to be intentional. We get to live out our fullest potential. And we don't know when our time is. This is an important lesson that I recently learned. But we do have this moment right here, right now. So ask yourself, how am I going to use this moment? Think of yourself as an artist. If you were to ask, what do I want to create my dream life to be? What would it look like? How would I express myself? Who would I be? And if you create it with love, passion, purpose, then you create your masterpiece. And so I I just believe that you need to be intentional with your life. And so I leave you with commit to yourself to close the gap between that self-rejection to true acceptance, thinking and being, wishing and becoming. We get to become that we see for ourselves. So the commitment to ourselves shows that there's no hidden treasure outside ourselves. We are the treasure that we've been waiting for. And that you are a powerful woman with the capability and the capacity to reclaim your radiance and shine your light out on the world. Love it. Beautiful way to end. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your personal story and journey. I appreciate you. I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. You are such an inspirational, beautiful soul. And I appreciate you. Uh, Thank you, Brad. Thank you for what you're doing. And you know, you're obviously, you have a strong mission behind what you do and your commitment is recognized. And I just deeply appreciate your time and your commitment to this and really just spreading the light around the world by sharing other women's stories. Thank you you. so much. I appreciate that truly. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Erica Lippi. She is a life and wellness coach, an entrepreneur, and a podcast host. Thanks so much, Erica. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Appreciate you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.